The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mathis and you're listening to the Cool Mom Code podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. Today we're joined by a very special guest, Tia Mori. She is one of many dope moms we have joining us this season, so you just get ready. Tia is a great friend of mine. She is a multi-talented actress, producer, author, entrepreneur, and she's a mom of two kids, Cairo and Cree. I feel like T and I always have such great conversations, so now you get to listen in. She's such a light and inspiration to so many people in this world. Honestly, guys, we are really lucky to have her join us. In this episode, we are going in deep on self-love, relationships, representation for people of color in what she likes to call Holly Weird and her rise to success. Welcome to the Cool Mom Code Podcast. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I am so excited to have you oh, because you. the last time we saw each other yes. was literally probably about like two a or week three ago. Weeks ago. Yeah, like okay. a week and a half ago. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> so we move fast, which mm-hmm. is nice. Um, and we were doing your show. Yes. And it was so fun, but like we were cooking at the same time and Mm -hmm. we were talking and having conversation, but Mm -hmm. I felt like we could talk for hours. Yeah. And this is how I feel every time I see with you. Oh my God. Like, I just love how deep you go. Yeah. Just like, I'm going to be real. (laughs) Like, this is really, so I'm sorry if I'm being too real real. for you. Yeah. Like, you know, but this is me. So I think that when I met you, I was like, okay, you know what? We can go there. She real. I like that. She real. Thank you. Real. My mother used to always say, real recognizes real. Uh, Your mama and every other mama and every other, like, you know, yes, real real recognizes recognizes real. real. And that's true. And I think that that's interesting, especially in like a city like L.A., because you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's, it's, it's easy. It's, it's hard to find people who are real, but when you do, you gravitate towards them. It's true. Hard. It's true. As hell. Yeah. All right. What? No, no I was going to say, my dad calls Hollywood Holly weird. Ah, <laughs> this he, is interesting yeah. because you've been a part of Holly weird for so long. I know. Let's, yeah, let's take go. it back to the beginning. It's interesting. In this podcast, what I'd love to do is, is really like showcase that obviously we're mothers and mm-hmm. that's the through line of this podcast. Show, yeah. That's like, right, of the show, Cool Mom Code podcast yeah. is mom. But everyone's journey to get to where they are this successful person mm-hmm. in their moment, thriving in life, like to get to the culmination of where they are right now, mm-hmm. it has taken a journey. Oh, yeah. And so through that, I think a lot of times once we become mothers, yeah. we kind of like, at least for me, I forgot who I was a little bit. Of and course. it took me a second to find my rhythm of back course. to it. 
but there's a journey to get here. And of so course. let's get to the back. Let's okay. get back a little bit with you. Cause I feel like you have quite a journey. I do. So born and raised. So I was born in Gelhausen, Germany, um, because my parents were in the army. Mm -hmm. So it used to be West Germany. So Germany used to be split into West and East. Mm -hmm. um, and we were close to Frankfurt because that's where my parents were stationed. But I didn't stay there long. Okay. I lived there until I was two. So the only thing that I know is Guten Morgen. Uh, and nine yes, <laughs> that's pretty much it. And then I would say, I, I, I like to claim that I was raised in Hawaii. Okay. Um, that's home for you. That I would say, yeah, I love everything about Hawaii. I feel like the people there are just so beautiful. They're very spiritual. I mean, nature there is just freakingly gorgeous. Mm -hmm. You have, you know, the ocean, just the clean air. Right. I mean, I have memories of when they used to burn sugar cane. You would, there was sugar canes uh, fields that were constantly being burned. There was pineapple fields. So I remember smelling the pineapple oh, wow. um, growing up as a child and just camping out every weekend mm -hmm. at the beach. My dad would go out Spearfish. No way. Uh -huh. I remember my sister got stung by a man of war. No. So Wait. you like you grew up very like oh in nature. I, yeah. Very cultured, yeah. I would say. You know, because we, we, we did travel all over and in Hawaii I lived in Honolulu. Mm -hmm. Um I lived in Mililani. Mm -hmm. Oh wow. So I was just like, you know, all over, but I was a part of what they like to say, like the locals, you know, so we would, I used to speak like, um, they say like pigeon. Um, so like where you stay, we would say shaka bra, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I loved it. Nice. I absolutely loved it. So raised so, in Hawaii. This is you and all of your siblings raised in Yes. Yeah, so it was, then it was just my sister and myself and my brother Taj, he was born in Hawaii, Honolulu, uh -huh. but then we moved uh -huh. after he was, he lived there for a few uh, years. I want to say like, Maybe we left when he was like only like two or something like that. Okay, so he was young. Yeah, he was young. So he doesn't really have too many memories of it. Then we moved to Texas. Okay. Um, and there we lived in Fort Hood, Colleen. Okay. Carpenter's Cove. Okay, now you're really saying something. <laughs> now, you're, now you're really saying something. Okay, so we're, so we're so in the transition from Hawaii mm -hmm. to Texas, mm -hmm. you are basically, your father's in the military, yep. so you're used to kind of being around, and yep. probably being in the military, you're used to being around a lot of different types of kids, right? Uh, yeah, so we lived on a military base, Okay. and what that is, what that means for people that don't know, is a lot of people who are in the army, they would have the families live on this base. Right. You would have your own grocery store. They had their own post office. So every, wow. it was like a, it was a community. Yeah. It's um, its own little town. It's own little town. So I did, I mean, the base was like right behind me. Like I would see helicopters. I would see soldiers in uniforms, you know, all of it. And so this is, you also went to school with all of uh, the, like, uh, the Well, kids, the school the was off base. Okay. So, but all of my friends, a lot of, I mean, their parents or relatives or whoever, you know, was living with them, they were in the army. So yeah. how did we go from now we're on a military base in Texas to recognizable twins I know. on like in Hollyweird? How do we make that jump? Yes. I'm going to try to. Because you guys started very young, young. in yeah. the business. So yeah. it wasn't like you didn't, I mean, yes, to a certain extent, I, I feel like you did have some normalcy of a childhood, but I, know. I feel like that shifted. It did. Quite fast. Fast. Yeah. 
So to make a long story short, we were living in Texas and a lot of actually, I noticed a lot of celebrities grew up in Texas. Mm. So I felt like, or I feel like it's a great place to learn and grow as, as an entertainer. Um, Interesting. Yes. Yeah, so also, please expand. So there's a lot of pageants. Oh, okay. You know? Okay. So, yes. Oh, there we yeah, okay, Those. Yes. Remember those? Yes, yes. 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 So you're, you get used to performing yes. and entertaining. Were you guys in pageants? Yes. So <gasps> that, I was Miss Colleen, y'all. I was Miss Fort Hood and I was Miss Copper's Coast. <laughs> so every place that I lived, <laughs> I had won a pageant. <laughs> I mean, wait a minute. <laughs> Did you and Tamara both compete in yes, pageants? Yes, we did. I know. And she won some too. I know. Weird. That's Crazy. so interesting. But it taught, this is what I'm saying. It's yeah. like a breeding gr- ground, should I say, yeah. of for, for entertainers. Yes. I think Hillary Duff lived in, in okay. Texas. Was she in pageants too? Um, I don't know, but I will <laughs> tell you this. Jennifer Hewitt, remember Jennifer yeah. Hewitt? Yes. She was in a pageant that my sister and I well actually was party at, five, right? Yes. Yes. That my sister was in. It was called the Rabbit Fest. Oh wow. The Rabbit Fest pageant. This is where you guys so did every week did you guys just do pageants? Basically. Wow. I know. But so yeah, so Jennifer Love Hewitt, she was in that pageant and you know, it's it's crazy. But anyway, I felt like a lot of entertainers came from Texas because that's how I, you're like groomed and trained well listen i, I guess for the industry you know what's so funny though when i started my when i knew i wanted to go into modeling okay and my mom in detroit this is detroit wow, not texas detroit. Is detroit yeah. and she had no idea of like how to start or yeah. like where to put me yeah and someone was like you should put her in a pageant see and mind you this was like high school though mm-hmm. i wasn't like you know i was a yeah. little older you know what yeah I, mean? so <laughs> I was like well into it by then but um yeah she was like yeah i'm gonna put you in this pageant we're just gonna see what happens and i ended up winning miss team mission Mm-hmm. and going off to compete and blah, blah. But See? what I found was, is that you're absolutely right. There is literally a breeding ground mm-hmm. for pageants mm-hmm. in so many different places where they literally, like, yeah. I mean, girls are coming in and they had, like, their gums, like, <laughs> lasered up. And they were like, yeah, I just got my gums lasered up till my teeth can look bigger. And they had, like, the hair. Oh, yeah. And they had, like, you know, eye whitening yeah. things. And I was just like, what is happening? I yeah. literally just got my braces off. Like, yeah. I don't know what we're talking about. I know. And it was just so fascinating. So, okay, continue. Yeah. Now. So I we're think, in pageants so, every weekend. Yeah, so we're you in pageants. You're winning pageants. You're I, knocking down the pageant <laughs> game. <laughs> I felt like it taught me how to compete. Yes. Because when you're young and you're coming into, mm-hmm. L, or coming to L.A., Hollywood, okay. yeah. you have to have thick skin. Yes. Yeah. And so... Um, did it teach you how to compete and did it also teach you how to take rejection at a young yes, age? Yes, that, that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, because you didn't win them all. That's right. But yeah. And I think it also, it, it, it taught me like what your strengths and your weaknesses were because you would be put into different categories. So mm. you would, there was a talent show. So you would either sing or you would dance. There was a modeling category right. where you would take pictures and, and mm-hmm. all of that. So you kind of, you know, learned like, okay, okay, I'm good at this. I'm not necessarily good at that. Or I need to work on this. I need to work on that. So it's, it's very weird. You no, know what I mean? No, it's, it's, you know, this is, this is so interesting because okay. I mean, this will come up later as we talk, but you and I have also been talking just a lot about like um, growth and, and uh, our spirituality yes. and just meditation, yes. just, you know, personal self-love, self-love and mm-hmm. like just that personal journey. And one of the things that keeps coming back, keeps coming back. And someone mentioned it the other day is contracts. So like, 
the contracts that either you write or that people put on you when you're younger. So as soon as you said that of like, they put you in categories of what they think that you're good at at that age. So if you're tall or whatever it is, you're you're in the model. And if you're, you know, super vibrant or whatever, maybe you're in the acting. Um, They had acting competitions too. So like whatever you've been put into this category, Mm. do you feel like, they wrote contracts on you before I, you even could define it for yourself. I I think so, yeah. uh, but but I but I I don't look at it as a negative thing. Mm-hmm. I actually looked at it as a or I look at it as a positive thing because it's even the way my mom. I feel like how she's raised us. She put us in so many different things mm. so she can see and we can see at a young age what gave us this spark. Nice, and then whatever gave us this spark or whatever we were naturally good Mm -hmm. at, then we would hone in on that and work on that. Mm -hmm. So by the time we were 14 or 15 years old, we were really good at it. So when we're competing against other actors and auditions, we've already been in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. We already know what it feels like to get rejection. Mm -hmm. We already know this is my strength and this is my weakness at the age of 14. So it was like we came with a lot of experience. So I say pageants and I say it's kind of weird and all of that, but I don't want to speak to it in a negative way because I feel personally that it really helped me prepare for getting into this industry at such a young age as opposed to just kind of jumping into it. Yeah. And you need support. Like you yeah. really, really need some sort of understanding because mm-hmm. it's it's hard. Well, you know what I mean? Being I a child it, star. It sounds as if too that it was a great foundation for you to become a professional. Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. Because you don't realize, but when you're, whether you're a child, yeah. you know, actor or not, when you're on set and when you're in front of this and you're <laughs> They treat you like an adult. <laughs> they treat you like an adult and they, ex- they, they expect, expect that from you. Yes, they do. You know, they expect you to understand that time is money mm-hmm. and this production costs money. Stay on your money. mark. Stay on your mark. Do Learn your know, lines. Exactly. Come mm-hmm. prepare, like uh-huh. all these things. Uh-huh. So I bet you came in already. That's heads what I'm saying. Bounds. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So... Long story short, even though it seems long already, um, <laughs> my mother started to see that there was something special mm-hmm. that they were, she was like, oh, wow, these girls, you know, they, they, they have this spark. Mm-hmm. And then I remember watching um, Star Search with Eggman. Do you remember that show? A yes. long time ago. Were you guys on Star Search? Never. We auditioned <laughs> for it and we were rejected. No way. Yes. No way. Yes. Oh, they missed the mark on that one. <laughs> <laughs> They missed the mark but on that one. Again, it teaches you about rejection. Yeah. That just because there was a no, it doesn't mean that this is what your life is going to be like. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. Meaning a life full of no's and you're never going to, this is going to be the precursor to your success, to exactly. your career. Just no. hang in there. So well, I loved that show. We didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't get it. And we told our mother, we were like, mom, we want to act. And she was like, well, you know what that means? We have to leave Texas. We have to move to LA. But my mother was also in the service. You can't just quit. Yeah. So she presented a case to the courts of us. This is why I'm saying life. I'm telling you, if, if, if you just really listen to the signs, if you're a good person, if you work hard, mm-hmm. everything happens for a reason. I truly believe that. So we were in, too. if we were in pageants, if we weren't doing uh, print work, we we started mm-hmm. modeling. My mom wouldn't have had evidence of us and, you know, uh, our, you know, career. Wait a minute. So what case is she building? She she was building the case that my children 
are talented enough to leave the business to go pursue a career in acting. That evidence was, you know, showing that I'm not just saying I want to quit the army. Right. No, you can't just. So quit. she has to present a case and why she needs to to get up and leave. Exit. Yes. Wow. So all of those pageants, all of those, you know, ads, print work, talent shows. I was even telling uh, Sierra that I we went to Magic Mountain uh, mm-hmm. two two weekends ago. And we were seeing dancers, we saw dancers on stage, like just dancing, you know, to just, you know, regular songs or whatever. And I was like, I used to do that in Texas. I used to dance. uh, Fancy Prancy Dancers was the the dance group that I was. The fact that you remembered the name. Uh, That's what I'm saying. The fact that you remembered the name. Yeah. Fancy Prancy Dancers. Fancy Prancy. Yeah. And then I would dance at malls. So anyway, my point is, is my mother. This is shocking to me because, <laughs> and not shocking in the sense of like, oh my God, I can't yeah. believe you guys are What's so interesting is that people like don't even understand no, no. how much it takes to yes. get to the current moment, yes. right? Like you don't even understand the yes. work that was put in or the moments that was at too. such a young age for you mm-hmm. at such a young age mm-hmm. to even be at the height of success of where you are but now. But it was preparing me. Of course. And that's what... Which everything does, though. Yeah. If it's fancy-pantsy, <laughs> or if it's... You know what I yeah. mean? Or for someone else, if it's like, you know, high school job, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's all preparing yeah. you They're for stepping those moments. Stones. They're stepping stones They're to get to, like, where wherever the next... Where you need to be. Where you need to be. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's, that's how I ended up... And my sister and I, we ended up moving to L.A. Because... Um, she won the case, came to L.A., um, and just started to grind and hustle. And three years later, we booked Sister, Sister. Really? That's all it took was three years? Three years. Wow. So you guys were, what, 17 at this point? 18. We booked, actually, Sister, Sister at the age of 14. 14. Sister, Sister. Yeah, we did the pilot. All right, so let's jump into that. Because okay. literally, <laughs> not just every... No, you guys were very influential of a generation. So let's put that wow. out there first, right? Because I remember growing up with you, watching you on Sister Sister, and it was like we all knew y'all. <laughs> like this is like we're here too. Yeah. Like yeah. hello, like you know what I mean. And it was it was representation, mm-hmm. and it was just a great. Personally, I feel like when we were growing up, we had more examples of people of color on TV and family form. Dynamic, Is yeah. that just me? Is that crazy? We had Sister Sister. Yeah. We had Moesha. Yeah. We family had Matters. Family Matters. Yep. We had The Cosby Show. Yeah, that's, had, that was what it was for me. Yeah, like, I just Cosby felt like we Show. had these, you know what I mean? Like, these shows where I feel like now it's a little bit harder to find that, like, family show, which we'll talk about Family Reunion, too, because yeah. that was one of our favorite shows. No about that. Thank you. Um, but now my kids will go back and watch Sister Sister. Yeah. But Also, you were like, basically, no other twins of color existed besides you and Tamara. Like, y'all were the only ones, just so you know. (laughs) Just so so we're clear, you were the only ones that existed. So I feel like it was like, literally, you you made your mark. But how how was it being so young shooting Mm -hmm. that show? And how was it also working with your sister, right? Because then that's a different dynamic. It is. You know, I have only... But great memories. Great. Really. That's like, great. Like I, like I was saying, this is a, a great transition because, you know, we were trained, mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. to do this. Right. Yeah. And so I remember 
realizing that the show had gotten picked up, my sister and I were so incredibly excited. Yeah. And to be able to have your best friend yes. do the show with you. Yeah. I remember just saying it felt like a slumber party every single day. That's amazing. We had so much fun together. That's so And good. to have that experience be your first experience. Yeah. I feel very grateful. Like with all of the shows that I've that I've done, it's always been like great experiences. Like it was never like you're working with, you know, a diva or, you know, there was drama. Like there was just no drama. Right. It was we were very well protected, too, because my mother was our manager at the right. time. I think the only thing that working on that show, uh, what was what was uh, challenging was there w there was a lot of pressure to mm -hmm. to succeed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you are given that opportunity, it's like, great, yay. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, God, like there are a lot of expectations. That now you got to make it work. And like you said, being a child actor, exactly. too, it's like they are expecting you to be on your mark. Uh, know your lines. Mm -hmm. There's no crying in baseball, you yeah. know, or in acting. So this is interesting, though, right? Mm -hmm. Because these times are your most formative years. Growing pains. Like growing pains, mm -hmm. going through adolescence. Mm -hmm. Like, I have two older brothers. And I can only imagine even just working with one of my brothers, like, day in, day out. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. I love you, but my gosh. Like... Dude, let me breathe. Like, you know, so I can only have all these things at the same time mm -hmm. simultaneously mm -hmm. going on. How is that your mom who's helping you like through this? I, it, was, it, it, it was definitely my, it yeah, just, yeah. it was definitely family. I, I feel so blessed to have a mother and a father, you know, who they they didn't really care about Holly weird. Should I say <laughs> yeah. meaning? Of course, since that's what your dad phrased. Yeah, yeah, they they weren't floored by, mm -hmm. oh, my children are making this money or, right. oh, my, my child is, is successful. It was more about, and still to this day, mm -hmm. it's more about who you are as a person, mm -hmm. your integrity, your character, how you treat other people. Mm -hmm. um, so I think having that foundation and that support system really saved my sister and I in our, in our life. Yeah. Because during that time, you know, we would see celebrity if let's get real here yeah, we're about yeah, to go yeah. deep yeah we did see our peers commit suicide oh, you know gosh, what i mean yeah. like we're like oh such and such just died of a drug overdose or we would see all of that how did your how did your mom keep you kind of i don't want to say isolated or parents keep you I don't she kept us isolated yeah. <laughs> how did like so yeah like how was that were you and tamara just like y'all were like best friends and like y'all yes. just like were ace boom coos and yes we didn't go out to parties yeah when we came home, we were T and Tamir. We yeah. weren't T and Tamir from Sister Sister. Mm. We had an allowance. We had chores. Mm. I remember, and I've shared this before, I think this will explain everything, but we <laughs> were dressed to the gods, you know, mm -hmm. um, makeup, hair, everything, heading out to my first play, Phantom of the Opera, uh -huh. with our friend. And then my mother, as we're leaving the door, goes, where, where do you think you're going? <gasps> Like, we're going out to, you know, see a play. She said, you ain't going nowhere until you finish cleaning this kitchen. Oh! So. <laughs> she just kept you grounded. Grounded. Yes. Yes. Which is, which is, you know what? It's interesting, though, because I think it's one of the skills, probably even just as meeting you, that mm -hmm. has probably taken you as far as you, you are oh, now. Thank you. Yeah. Because being grounded is where the realness comes yes. from. It's like, okay, uh-uh. No, mm -hmm. we, like, you do this, too, mm -hmm. just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, and it's just that having that mm -hmm. realness is probably 
how oh, yeah. you implement it into your children too. It's true. And yeah. my mother, she would tell us at the height of our career, she would say, these people don't care about you. No, Talking about our fans. Yeah. Like they don't really care about you. Yeah. Meaning, yes, they do care about you, but you do not put your value and your worth in them caring about you. That's do you right. get what I'm saying? That's right. Yeah. So that's basically what she was saying. Mm-hmm. And then also she didn't want us to, yes, that was our job, but she didn't want us to find our self-identity in success and in fame Mm. because fame and success is fleeting. That's right. It's very up and down. One Mm -hmm. minute you're hot, one minute you're not. One minute you're making a lot of money, one minute you're not. And if you have a sense of value and a sense of worth in that, Mm -hmm. you are going to be all over the place. Yeah. And then your mental health is going to be off the radar. How did she do that though? Was it- she she would tell us she would say these she was real yeah. with us she said these limos are going to stop yeah these you know she back in the out. day remember the limos y'all yeah she uh-huh. would say these limo rides they're not they're not always going to be here right right these fans are not always going to be here so she pointed it out. While it, while we while were it was happening, yeah. and we used to think our mother was like, "Why is she raining out of her head? Why is she?" <laughs> I was just gonna say, that was gonna be my next question. Yeah, no, is that like so. You know, it's funny because sometimes you're like in the moment, you're like, "Dang, you yeah, know, just let me enjoy it in my moment." Like, gosh, Lee, like yeah. for real. No. But I mean, from a parental perspective, now you understand oh, why she I'm was like, doing thank God. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I never. I found my, of course, I'm constantly growing and evolving. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as a young child, that is, you know, it's your growing pains. It's when you're trying to figure out who you are. You're trying to figure out your identity. And I just thank God that I didn't try to find that in Hollywood. Yes, yes. Because I would have been really messed up. Well, I mean, I think it's also about the foundation. Yeah. A lot of people who I've met who have had success as a child actor or just like early in life, if they are still in a great space now, mm-hmm. it is always because their foundation was solid mm-hmm. because they come from a house where the parents cared mm-hmm. about like how they would end up. They weren't my best friend. They, they were, were not. My exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're successful. You and, you know, Tamara are literally yeah. the epitome yeah. of like, you know, childhood actors, yeah. successful. We used to have to have bodyguards. That's so wild. Yeah. That's how crazy it got. But how is that? I mean, that's on some old, like, <laughs> that's on some old president kid, No, I right? know. Like, to have to have bodyguards yeah. at that age. You was, go to the mall, you had to have bodyguards. Yeah, it was crazy. Everywhere when we would travel, I remember one time we were in New York and we were walking the streets and we actually we had a security guard. His name was Boo. Hey, Boo, if you're watching this. Oh, my um, gosh. And we were tired of having people around us all the time. So we didn't tell him that we were, we were going to go to um, Madison Square. <gasps> And you know, wait a minute. So hold so on. Let me silly. let me just back this up. Real quick. I know it's so stupid. You you <laughs> decide you are tired of having people around yeah. you, so you go to the busiest yes, spot I know. in New we, York City. We, of course, we weren't thinking. Okay, go ahead though. And then before you know it, all of these kids notice us, and Tamir and I, we are so scared. We are what is it? Bum rushed. Yeah. And then we literally had to run into a pharmacy. That was like the oh. nearest like place that we can kind of run into and then we ran in the back we were like oh my god can we hide here can we hide here can we hide here and they were just like i want to say it was like maybe about like 
don't know if it was a school or something, but maybe like 20 to 25 kids. It was a lot of kids. Oh my gosh. Um, that's what it was like. Okay. So how does all this, like now let's fast forward because okay. you, you are successful. You are an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You are a chef. You are a writer. You are crazy. an actress. You are, do you sing girl? I can't look. You. <laughs> you are all the things, and you are a mom, yes. um, and a wife, a daughter, a sister. I mean, all the yeah, things, right? I know. And so it's a lot to manage. And I mean, even just seeing you firsthand, Ooh, I know lot. you are a very busy, hardworking mm-hmm. individual. Yes. And so everything, like you just said, a testament to your mom. Yes. Everything that you have right now is because you've worked so hard to yes. to be in this situation, yes. in this space. Interesting <laughs> enough, you were um, a young mom, though. You're one of my mom friends oh, with like, you yeah. know, who kind of had kids first, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. how was that? How was your experience of like in your career, yeah. like in the midst of question. everything and now you're you're pregnant and like, did your career change or shift? It's a really good question. And not even just your career, did your mentals? Yeah. So in the beginning, I was very scared mm. and I was very nervous, especially because the type of show that I was on. I was on a show called The Game. Oh, yeah. When I got pregnant. Oh, this is when you got pregnant on The Game. On The Game. And so I was just like, oh, my gosh, how is this going to work? Again, like the questions in my head was, do I put my career first? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Over wanting to have a family this time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of women, you know, can relate to that. Mm -hmm. Meaning, do they have to lose themselves or lose their career ambitions to become a mother? Right. And that was a question that I had asked myself, but I had learned very quickly. And I'm so just proud of this epiphany, should I say, but I thank my mother for it in this sense. After having my child, I realized right away that just because I'm a mom, it doesn't mean that I have to lose myself Mm. and lose who I am before Mm -hmm. I was a mother. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that I have to lose out on my ambitions, my goals, my aspirations, all of that. If anything, I now actually have even more motivation, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I felt like before, yes, they were desires, but they were more of selfish desires. Now it's more also for myself, yes. I mean, also for, yes, myself, but I have even now a stronger motivation to be doing what I love to do, to be an example to my children that mommy worked hard for what she has so purpose Mm -hmm. i have purpose now right um but that doesn't mean that i had just because i was a mother that i had to get rid of all of my goals and ambitions and just be a stay-at-home mom which is okay which is great you want to do whatever it is yeah whatever it is that's right but some women believe that oh you know and i learned this from my mother my mother was married at 18 Mm -hmm. had us at 21 right so her whole life mm-hmm. was for her kids. That's right. That's right. And she loved it. But at a young age, because she was young when she had us, but I feel like she's still young. She is. You know what I mean? Yeah. She was, I saw her trying to figure it out. Like, right. what else do I do? What's her next chapter? What's her next chapter? Right. And I said, wow, I see her struggle in trying to find her own identity. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be that. Did you feel like after having your first Cree, mm-hmm. did you feel like you came to that conclusion? Was there a moment for you? So there were two moments for me. One was, of course, looking at my mother, mm-hmm. like I, like, right. like, like what I was said. saying. Yeah. 
um, and just kind of just seeing how she was. And I was like, hmm, you know, I'm going to learn from this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take this as a lesson. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is seeing other women do it. Mm. And actually, Jessica Alba was someone that inspired me. Mm -hmm. And I really, really looked up to her because I saw that she's an actress. Mm -hmm. She had a baby. And not only that, she was an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I was like, damn, she's really making it look amazing and you and guys wonderful. had kids around the same time i did i know so that's <gasps> what i'm saying you're, you're gonna be like oh my gosh yeah. and when you asked that question i was like she inspired me so if we even were to take her out of the equation i think it's about seeing other women do mm-hmm. it it's about back to that representation right right seeing a woman in the same space and seeing how she actually evolved mm-hmm. and grew because of this wonderful, beautiful right. opportunity of becoming a mother. Right. And I was like, wow, that could happen. Yeah, that's we, real. That's real. Like right. you can be a mom and still work exactly. and be successful. Yeah. So it was just visually seeing someone do it. I mean, listen, you hear all the time that representation matters, but you always look at that in mm-hmm. terms of diversity. Yeah. You know, making sure that color is yeah. represented on the screen mm-hmm. and making sure women. that women are represented. Women. But very rarely do you look ah. at it as representation matters in motherhood. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's pretty I know. It's deep. That is deep. <laughs> it's that is deep. deep. So it was just seeing someone else do it and right. pave the way and, and say, wow, she can do it. You know what's crazy though? Let me just say, I noticed a little plug on okay. Monco podcast, but that yeah. is what I wanted to really like try to accomplish with this podcast. Aww. Is that one of the things that I felt like when I was pregnant, mm-hmm. and you know, I I guess I had kids. My first was later than you guys, so mm-hmm. but I felt like there was no one like in the mm-hmm. space who was mm-hmm. doing it in a way where I felt like one they were showcasing this beautiful family that Mm -hmm. they had, that they were still happy, Mm -hmm. that they were like happy doing their careers, but Mm -hmm. then also a mother. Like Mm -hmm. it just felt like it was so limited on how they were showing us. Well, especially especially as black black women. women. (laughs) Exactly. Because if we're getting real and deep here, unfortunately, black men, black families, that's all you saw. Mm -hmm. The representation was drama, unhappiness. Yep. Broken relationships, yes. broken marriages, yes. fatherless ju- children. Exactly. Yes. You didn't see that being celebrated right. or represented. Correct. And that's why representation is so incredibly important to mm-hmm. me. And it's something that I will fight for. And I really feel like that is now my passion yeah. and my purpose. Well, it's interesting that the projects you choose... As an actress, a lot of the most of the products that I've seen you in mm-hmm. have been representative yes. of really yeah. strong characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's intentional. Yeah. Who have like, you know, strong family or strong, like, especially now that you play mother mm-hmm. and like things like that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like you're representing like mothers who are strong mm-hmm. and smart and funny and like, you know, driven and, you know, all these things. And so that's interesting. It is very intentional because like I had mentioned I feel like now my purpose in life is to fight for representation. Mm -hmm. And so everything that I do now, whether it's for wellness, Mm -hmm. I'm all about fighting for representation when it comes to black women Mm -hmm. and their health and being taken seriously Mm -hmm. as, as an entrepreneur. Yeah. It's all about making sure that, you know, we are being represented in categories where we weren't celebrated Mm -hmm. 
and even with, like you said, the roles and with, with, with acting, the roles that I take, it's very intentional because it's not just for me about just being on screen. You know right, what I mean? I right. feel like it goes deeper than that. I've learned at such a young age, I will never forget being on stage at the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards and seeing all of these kids screaming your name. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had, I know some celebrities don't feel this way. And if you don't, that's fine. But I felt like I had a responsibility mm. to basically, you know, have some sort of awareness right. that people are looking at me mm -hmm. and I want to inspire. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I have a reason why I am who I am today. I want to use my celebrity status to inspire, to encourage, to help build beautiful, healthy communities that's because right. I feel like we aren't always represented in that way. Correct. So, yes, it is very intentional. Now, all this, across is, the board. this is interesting. And you speak as a black woman. Mm -hmm. You speak from the viewpoint as a black woman. Mm -hmm. um, I was recently listening to actually this morning, uh, Megan Markle's new podcast, and she was talking to Mariah Carey. Mm. And both of them are mixed. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting because their whole thing was like Megan was basically saying that, you know, she's always felt like she has been looked at as a mixed woman because oh, she was okay. very light skinned. Uh, okay. And I think Mariah might have had the same, same kind of I, feeling. I but I've read her story. As yeah. Well. And so Megan's whole thing is she had read a quote from. Uh, Halle Berry and Halle was like she's always identified as a black woman yes, I remember that because I, I she was Halle saying that. seen as more brown mm -hmm. or whatever like you know and so she felt like that's how people saw and her mother raised her like people are going to see you as a black woman and that's how you identify yes, right and so yes. she's always felt that mm -hmm. as a mixed race woman mm -hmm. you you sound like you identify more in one way or the other is that true or yeah, no I identify okay. myself as a black woman yeah, yeah. Um, and it's so funny because and I, we we're actually even talking about this on our way coming up here. My mother is black. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, I like how you say it, black. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, because I feel black. like they're, my mother is a strong That's woman. right. That's right. And I have seen and have felt, and my mother is dark skinned. Mm -hmm. I have seen and felt her struggles right. as being a black woman. Right. And so to me, I'm an, of course, my dad is white, right? but I am an extension of my mother. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I am mixed race. And I know that I, I know I am mixed and I know some people, you know, they, they get so stuck, in my opinion, on, OK, well, you know, you are, you know, you, your dad's white and, you're, and your mom's black and, you know, you're of mixed race. But it's, it's how I identify myself mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I identify myself as a black woman. That is how. I've been viewed, how I've been seen. And I remember studying in, in school the, the single drop of, you know, yeah. black blood. Right. You, you black. black. You and black. That, <laughs> that's how we were raised. That's, that's how, how, we're how we were raised. Yeah, right. And so that's how I consider myself. Um, and I just feel like that is my purpose, like I was saying, and, and my passion in life is to be that representation for my community yeah. of of diverse women and right. black women. Right. My mom was um, a mutt through and through. Okay. I mean, like she was like, I, I know this from looking at her. She, she's recently uh, passed, but mm. I know this from looking at her and her and my grandmother. Very, very light skinned. Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't know. I got to do a 23 and me. I don't know what the hell they got mixed in them. But <laughs> it was clearly something because they're very, very fair. And they weren't Creole. So they're okay. very fair. So I know that she always had something in her down the bloodline. Got However, it. if you talk to my mama, she talks just like this and mm-hmm. talks like blah, blah. blah mm-hmm. And she would like. And so she always identified as a black woman. Mm-hmm. Never once. And mind mm-hmm. you, I used to get teased in school. Mm-hmm. I used to get like, you know, no, she's not. No, she's not. Wow. You know, all these things. But my mom has never had never once wavered from the fact that she was a black woman. Mm-hmm. And so she married my father. My father was, you know, a little bit darker than me, mm-hmm. my complexion or whatever. How However, I feel like if anyone ever saw my mom, they would mm. think that she was something different. But mm. she always identified as a black woman, too. Mm-hmm. Like, my grandmother was one of, like, one of the women who she could have passed for white. Mm-hmm. But she ended up changing, like, the whole entire, like, Palmer Woods neighborhood of wow. Detroit that was mostly just bought out by white people. Wow. She came in and started getting black families in as a real estate agent. So wow. it was like, you know, she used that appearance yeah. in a different way to help support a black community, community. Right? right? But it's interesting that yeah. it's really how you perceive yourself yes. Yes. is how you yeah. identify uh, yep. in the world, yeah. right? Like yeah. so that's interesting. But I think a lot of things you have talked about today have come from your mama. Oh, oh I mean, of course. Like that's they really interesting. Have. So fast forwarding though, you and I do have a commonality. We've okay. both been with our husbands for yes. a very very long time. And in that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yes. But it also is a lot of growth. And I know oh, you yeah. and I have talked about this in terms of like growing individually, but also with your partner yeah. at the same time. And that is something I think that you can't necessarily predict. No. <laughs> especially when you've been with someone, well, really, for so long or at such a young age. Mm-hmm. I met Corey at 20 years old. Oof. We became, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend mm-hmm. at 21. Mm-hmm. We were married, I want to say, at 27. Okay, same with us. Yeah. yeah. So we're young. Yeah. And you would hope for you and your partner to grow. Mm-hmm. Because that is, I think, how we become well-rounded, beautiful people. Of course. I feel if you stay the same way, mm-hmm. it's not good. We now know on the other side of things, now yes. both been married for what? You're going on what, 15 we're going, years? Yeah, we'll be, uh, yes, we're married for 14. Um, next year we'll be 15. Yeah, and so it's like, yeah, now on the other side of it, you're right. We can have these conversations and be like, yeah, isn't it scary not to grow and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But while you're doing it, it has been a terrifying process at times. Yes, it is. It can be very scary. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I think, you know, if I were to give any advice, you know, within this this topic is I would want to encourage for people who are together, whether they're dating or if they're married, to allow that person to grow. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. encourage that person to grow and Mm -hmm. change. Because I think what happens sometimes, especially when you're in a relationship for so long, sometimes when you're constantly evolving and growing and changing, that other person that you're in, you know, that relationship with, they're like, whoa, wait a minute. Who are you? Mm, Who is this person? Right. You know what I mean? So I guess what I want to, you know, get across is if you see your spouse, you know, evolving and changing and growing for the better, encourage them. That's interesting. You You took it off of yourself and you put it on them. Of course. I I would want them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's what I would want for them to do for me. It's important for them to find their self-worth, their their self-love, their value on their own. And then you're hoping that there's that interconnection, Mm -hmm. that line that has you guys growing. Keep you connected. Connected and growing together. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
How do you and Corey make a point to connect? First of all, I think communication is really important. Yeah, but I communication, I feel like, is not the only thing. It's called comprehending oh. what you are communicating. So, so not you just can talking it. <laughs> you can sit and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. But if Truth. that person's not necessarily comprehending, then that's when it can get a okay, little frustrating. Hello. How do you speak the same language then? I think how you comprehend each other is you are empathetic. Mm. So do you know what em empathy is? Right. Empathy means when I am used to speaking, let's say I, I'm used to speaking Japanese, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But you don't speak Japanese, but you speak English. Right. Empathy is when someone changes the way that they talk, think, move, and then try to see things from a Japanese perspective or try to learn how to speak Japanese. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So then now you are both speaking the same language. So it doesn't necessarily mean that that is your language. Right. But being empathetic mm -hmm. is understanding that this person may see things in a different way. Let me jump into their shoes mm. and see what it's like to mm -hmm. be a part of their language, then you'll have some sort of understanding. Taking it to a deeper level. Yes, it's it's being empathetic. It's it's the biggest challenge in any relationship, it is. whether it is. it's your significant other, whether it's your, you know, your, your children. Your children. I'm no expert. I'm just saying that's that's what I like. I'm try no to expert, do. but look, that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's all you. No, I think that's very interesting, though. You know, yeah. I think that we talk a lot. Mm -hmm. And we communicate a lot, but yeah. communicating effectively That's the thing. is a very different process, I think, it is. than just being able to just say what you feel and just get it out. Exactly. You know? Yeah, because so, then you hear, are you finished? Mm, are you done? You hear that a now lot. Now you're talking to me. Okay, clearly. <laughs> now you're literally yeah, talking to me. Yeah. Okay, Tia, that's not no, nice. Okay, I've done it. We've nice. all done it. You know what I mean? That's nice. what I mean by... But yes. It's all about evolving exactly. and growing and getting a better understanding of I one like another. What you, I like what you said, though. I think that, you know... I think it's it's interesting taking it off yourself a little bit and saying to your like giving your partner the mm -hmm. space to grow in a positive way. Yeah, I think is is pretty phenomenal. Yes, because then you're not holding each other back yeah. through this process. And listen, growing through parenthood, growing through career, growing through it's a lot. Even other family members, like mm -hmm. it's a lot. I know is really getting on their level mm -hmm. and empathizing with them and and trying to get an understanding and comprehend what they're feeling and what they're going through. No, I think that's very interesting, though. We talk a lot mm -hmm. and we communicate a lot, but yeah. communicating effectively that's the thing. is a very different process, I think, it is. than just being able to just say what you feel and just getting it out. Exactly. You know? So let's talk a little bit of our self-love journey. Uh, because, yeah. you know, you're really big on self-love. I am. And I am, too. I think I'm coming to that. Like, I don't mm. know if I've always been big on self-love. I think I'm mm. now finding how important it is. Mm -hmm. And so how did you find how important self-love was? And what is self-love to you? Mm. Well, we can go deep. So I had a really hard time mm. with self-love. Mm -hmm. And I really think it's because of societal pressures. I think sometimes even, I'm speaking it from a woman's perspective, right. mm -hmm. uh, being a wife, you know, being a mother, mm -hmm. even religion. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like 
we as women are taught to be submissive. Mm -hmm. We as women are taught to be passive. Mm -hmm. It's about serving, 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 serving. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you lose yourself. That's right. You end up just being extremely exhausted and tired. And also like, who am I? Where am I? Mm -hmm. What am I doing in this world? So the big wake up moment for me was when I lost two people. Mm. I lost my grandmother, mm-hmm. who, I don't know about the cry. Oh, no, I can understand that. I lost my grandmother, yes. too, and it's, I was very close with her as well. Yeah. And we had lost Elena Housley, who was my sister's niece mm-hmm. by marriage. Mm-hmm. And that was a wake-up call for me to realize how short life really is, how... Like my, I never thought my grandmother was going to die. You know, I was like, she's going to be here forever. She's 89 years old. She's not going to die. And then when she did, and it was the first time I had lost someone so close to me and I was at a funeral and I was like, like, oh my God, like she's not here. And then to lose Elena, who was only 18 years old, so young, so young and murdered, her life was taken from her. I was like, Tia, like you really, really have to hone in on what really gives you peace. Mm -hmm. What is your true happiness? Not saying that I wasn't happy before, but I was vicariously finding my happiness through other people. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like a a friend of mine once told me, think of it and ask yourself this, who are you if you are not? Meaning who are you if you are not a mother? Mm -hmm. Who are you if you are not a wife? Mm -hmm. Who are you? Right. And I feel like we as women... That's pretty phenomenal. Yes. Just to ask yourself that question. Yes, to ask yourself that question. I feel like we as women, society has put on these roles on us and and who we feel like we are supposed to be, Mm -hmm. as opposed to what do we really want and what do we really want to be. Mm -hmm. So I got into this research and diving into loving me and... You know what I mean? Like really not, not the superficial self-love. And I'm not saying that's not, let me take that back. It's not superficial. I'm talking about light self-love, which is, oh, take a bath, get your nails done, Mm -hmm. get your hair done. Like that's great too. 1000%. But I'm talking about real deep self-love. Finding who the inner, yeah. Finding your value, really finding your worth, finding your real self-love and I feel like a lot of women get stuck in situations whether it's a job Mm -hmm. whether it's relationships whether it's a career path because they're thinking about other people and what other people think you know they should be well also what other people need not just what they need yes you know one of the things listen I mean you're gonna make me cry too (laughs) I don't mean to I don't mean it's going to be like a cry fest, but you know, we're real getting talk. real. I, um, I don't think I quite understood what, um, self love really was until yes. I lost my mom. And so See? my mom That's what I'm saying. died of cancer earlier this year. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And, um, thank you. But it was, it was such a moment for me because my mom was like my person, Yeah, you know, and when I lost her, I almost felt like all the love had left the room. Yes. And so if she wasn't there to love me anymore, then where was I going to find it? Exactly. And there's only so much you can look to from your partner or from your children, you know, your your career, your kids will never love you unconditionally like your mother will. Yes. It's just, it's it's fact. Anybody, 
anybody Facts. nobody will nobody. not your husband not nobody your, not not even your best friend not, not your, your co-worker not your sister not your brother not, but will. your mother it's you will be on death row for real you know? that's your mom and so it's your mom and so yeah. i think when when she passed i just went through this whole like process of like yeah now what yes like now what like yes. where 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 am i going to find that and it took mm. me a minute to realize what she had implanted already in me. Mm. She had given me the tools, tools this whole yeah. time yeah. to love myself. Yes. And so that's, that's, I'm still on that journey. Of and course. that's why I said in the beginning of this, this self-love thing is a little new for yes. me. Yes. I don't think that I really gave myself the um, room to love myself in a deep way. And I never gave myself the permission for time to do it. So that's what it was for me. Mm-hmm. I never gave myself permission for time. Yes. And so now I'm, I'm like, no, no, yes. I got to do this. Exactly. Like, no, you guys can figure this out. Exactly. I brought like, uh-huh. Yes. Yep. You're good. You're <laughs> I remember gonna... you're like, Tia, you never locked your door so oh your children God, didn't come into the can room. Can we please talk about that? So I was like, no, Tia she has like, never <laughs> locked a bathroom door for her to take a peaceful bath by herself and get into her. I, I know what are you talking about? I like, felt guilty because again, I was thinking more about what they thought and they're like crying on the other end, you know, like, or whatever. But yeah. I'm like, their dad's here. They can yeah. go hang out with your dad. My mom was a single mom of three oh, yeah. kids and, and she, yeah, every day. Every yeah. day she'd come home from work, yeah. lock herself in her room for 15 minutes, <laughs> lock that door. Yeah. And I'd just be sitting there on the other side of the door like, yeah. mommy, you ready yet? Yeah. But she had to take her time for yeah. her mental shift. Of course. To shift from career woman into now mother. Yeah, mother. And focus it's a on, lot. It's a lot. But that's but, interesting. Mm-hmm, that's interesting. But that, that, that was when my self-love journey, and that was almost, I think it was been like four years ago. Right. And that was when I just woke up. I was like, oh, my gosh, Tia, like true, in my opinion, true peace, true happiness. And like I said, I'm not saying that I'm not peaceful or not happy. Yes, I, 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 I'm very grateful and my life is a beautiful life. But I'm just saying that what I was doing was I was focusing on other people to make me feel mm-hmm. complete, right. meaning focusing on my children to mm. give me value, focusing right. on my husband to give me value, mm-hmm. focusing on me being a wife to give me value, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which all of that is beautiful. It's a part of it's you. a part of me. But back to that question, what I just asked, who are you if not? Mm-hmm. And it's just about going on that self journey, that self love. I'm a huge fan on affirmations and the yes. affirmation that I'm meditating on every day right now is, is chase the joy. Chase the joy. Chase the joy. Wow. So whatever, again, life is short. Whatever makes me happy. Wow. Even if it's, you know, one of my friends, he told me who I, he's he's really my best friend. And he said, Tia, what is it that makes you happy? And then he says, write a list. Write that list down. And at the beginning of each year, tell yourself to do more of it. What is it that makes you happy? I'm on a constant journey. Of course, I could say my children. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Um, my children, they, I live and I breathe for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They are my heartbeats. Right. Um, but right now, I feel like what makes me happy is seeing Tia go on this self-love journey. Mm. Seeing Tia, okay, I'll tell you what my therapist said, and it's beautiful. This is how I visually see it. Like, 
What makes me happy is I took a trip to Big Sur two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And it was without the kids. It was without the husband. Mm -hmm. It was just me, one in nature, um, hearing my own thoughts, putting on a fireplace for myself. Wow. Okay. That is one rose. So I have a rose that embodies that experience. Uh I want you to do more of that. Go on a girl's trip. I have not gone on a girl's trip in, I can't tell you, maybe 20 something years. Wow. Because again, it's just been about family, children, career, da, 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 right. but autopilot. What? Yeah. yeah like I want to go to Jamaica. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like, I want to go to Okay. Go too. Okay. Yeah. Hey, me. Right. Yeah. Um, but then that's going to be another rose. That's right. So what I'm doing is I'm building a bouquet. That's right. And that is what I'm, that's, that's what's making me happy. You're giving yourself the flowers. Yes. That you I'm giving myself the flowers that I deserve. That's right. As opposed to looking for others to give, give them to, to me. You. you know, it's interesting. We can end it on a quote that I heard not too long ago, and it just stopped me in my tracks. And this this woman said that her mom basically would always tell her that I am your mother. And you are the most wonderful thing that I've ever done, Mm -hmm. but you are not the only thing that I've done. And so I just think it's very interesting. You know, as a mother, of course, Mm -hmm. we love our children Mm -hmm. immensely, Mm -hmm. but they are not the only joy that we can have. Exactly. Thank you for joining us. Oh my gosh. You know, I honestly feel like literally we grew up with you. Thank you. We really did. And you've always carried yourself in such a positive light. And you've always been a representative Mm -hmm. for, I feel like, young people Mm -hmm. like me, whether it be entrepreneurs, mothers, business women actors mm-hmm. in the entertainment field whatever it is i think you have pioneered so many different spaces and just kudos to you thank you very much okay cool mom crew i'm lizzie mathis and you've been listening to the cool mom code podcast thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode with tia mori stay tuned for new episodes and be sure to subscribe on apple podcasts Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.